The Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved, and still the Bible stands, totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability. The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires. Predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. Starting tonight in Exodus chapter 32. Good evening, everyone. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 is where we're going to pick up in our reading through the books of Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. There it is. The gold calf is where we're going to begin tonight. We have followed the adventures of the people of Israel, this great crowd of people, a great crowd of slaves in reality. We're trying to get an accurate perception of who these people are. There are two million. So the first thing we have to always remember is that this is a giant crowd of people. They have their organization. They do have their leaders, their tribal leaders, their clan leaders, their family leaders. From Moses, they are receiving instructions and guidelines They are here for a little over two years. So this isn't all happening in one sitting or even a week. These things are taking place. They're hearing these messages over a period of time. And they are putting these principles, these laws, these guidelines for the society, they are putting them into practice. They're not a blank chalkboard. They do have some background, some understanding, some organizational structure to their existence, and they do remember who they are. They are the children, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob, and so on. But they have been 400 years, many, many generations living in slavery down in Egypt. They went into Egypt as 70 people, just seven zeros, 70 people. And now 400 years later, over 2 million have come out. Now with them, there are a great number of Egyptians and other nationalities as well, hangers-on, people who came with them, some because they believe in their God and some because they just wanted out. So all of this mix 
creates a very dynamic situation as they hear from Moses the laws of God. We'll come back to that and think through it a little bit together as we begin our reading tonight. Right now, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment, A Prayer for Victory in Battle, Psalm 20 on the Psalm Bible 20. Life. In times of trouble, may the Lord respond to your cry. May the God of Israel keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory, flying banners to honor our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. Some nations boast of their armies and weapons, but we boast in the Lord our God. Those nations will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. Give victory to our King, O Lord. Respond to our cry for help. End of reading, Psalm 20. You are God in heaven, and here am I on earth. So I'll let my words be few. Jesus, I am so in love with you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And I'll stand in all of you. That's where I would be saying right now, that's where I would be standing as well. If we were among those two million standing at the base of Mount Sinai, and we had been able to see the true and living God, the creator of the universe, manifesting his presence there before them on this mountain. What an astounding and amazing experience that must have been. And yet we do know that no matter how amazing an experience might be, no matter how amazing a miracle might be, there are always people willing to give it another interpretation, that it has nothing to do with God that it's only a psychosomatic or it's an emotional problem or you had a bad pizza for supper or any number of natural explanations. As believers, sometimes we're very naive and we don't understand when the scriptures talk about our enemies of the world, the flesh and the devil and the world, that godless worldview does mandate against our understanding of God. God has been making his presence known. He's been expressing and manifesting himself to the people of Israel. Moses has been up on the mountain 40 days. The people grow impatient. They go right back to their idolatry, right back to their false gods and false understandings of God and his ways. Uh, we'll read about that tonight, starting in Exodus 32 on The Bible Life. Exodus 32, 1 through 35, 29. Exodus 32. When Moses failed to come back down the mountain right away, the people went to Aaron. Look, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. This man, Moses, who brought us here from Egypt, has disappeared. We don't know what has happened to him. So Aaron said, tell your wives and sons and daughters to take off their gold earrings and then bring them to me. All the people obeyed Aaron and brought him their gold earrings. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded and tooled it into the shape of a calf. The people exclaimed, O oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw how excited the people were about it, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. 
So the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and indulged themselves in pagan revelry. Then the Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. They have already turned from the way I commanded them to live. They have made an idol shaped like a calf, and they have worshipped and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my anger can blaze against them and destroy them all. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation instead of them. But Moses pleaded with the Lord his God not to do it. O Lord, he exclaimed, why are you so angry with your own people, whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and mighty acts? The Egyptians will say God tricked them into coming to the mountains so he could kill them and wipe them from the face of the earth. Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you are planning against your people. Remember your covenant with your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. Yes, I will give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord withdrew his threat and didn't bring against his people the disaster he had threatened. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These stone tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, It sounds as if there is a war in the camp. But Moses replied, No, it's neither a cry of victory nor a cry of defeat. It is the sound of a celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing. In terrible anger, he threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and melted it in the fire. And when the metal had cooled, he ground it into powder and mixed it with water. Then he made the people drink it. After that, he turned to Aaron. What did the people do to you, he demanded. How did they ever make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get upset, sir, Aaron replied. You yourself know these people and what a wicked bunch they are. They said to me, make us some gods to lead us, for something has happened to this man Moses who led us out of Egypt. So I told them, bring me your gold earrings. When they brought them to me, I threw them into the fire, and out came this calf. When Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, and much to the amusement of their enemies, he stood at the entrance to the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come over here and join me. And all the Levites came. He told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Strap on your swords. Go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other, killing even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses, and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Because of this, he will now give you a great blessing. The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed a terrible sin, but I will return to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for you. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, these people have committed a terrible sin. They have made gods of gold for themselves. But now please forgive their sin. And if not, then blot me out of the record you are keeping. The Lord replied to Moses, I will blot out whoever has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, 
my angel will lead the way before you. But when I call the people to account, I will certainly punish them for their sins. And the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped the calf Aaron had made. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 33. The Lord said to Moses, Now that you have brought these people out of Egypt, lead them to the land I solemnly promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them long ago that I would give this land to their descendants. And I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Theirs is a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not travel along with you, for you are a stubborn, unruly people. If I did, I would be tempted to destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and refused to wear their jewelry and ornaments. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You are an unruly, stubborn people. If I were there among you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and ornaments until I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry. It was Moses' custom to set up the tent known as the Tent of Meeting far outside the camp. Everyone who wanted to consult with the Lord would go there. Whenever Moses went out to the Tent of Meeting, all the people would get up and stand in their tent entrances. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent... The pillar of cloud would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Then all the people would stand and bow low at their tent entrances. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed behind in the tent of meeting. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, Take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You call me by name and tell me I have found favor with you. Please, if this is really so, show me your intention so I will understand you more fully and do exactly what you want me to do. Besides, don't forget that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, If you don't go with us personally, don't let us move a step from this place. If you don't go with us, how will anyone ever know that your people and I have found favor with you? How else will they know we are special and distinct from all other people on earth? And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and you are my friend. Then Moses had one more request. Please let me see your glorious presence, he said. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. I will show kindness to anyone I choose, and I will show mercy to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Stand here on this rock beside me. As my glorious presence passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 34. The Lord told Moses, Prepare two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to come up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is allowed anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had told him, carrying the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and called out his own name, the Lord, as Moses stood there in his presence. 
he passed in front of Moses and said, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger and rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. I show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Even so, I do not leave sin unpunished, but I punish the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, If it is true that I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, then please go with us. Yes, this is an unruly and stubborn people, but please pardon our iniquity and our sins. Accept us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, All right, this is the covenant I am going to make with you. I will perform wonders that have never been done before anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display through you. Your responsibility is to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then I will surely drive out all those who stand in your way, the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make treaties with the people in the land where you are going. If you do, you soon will be following their evil ways. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash the sacred pillars they worship, and cut down their carved images. You must worship no other gods, but only the Lord, for He is a God who is passionate about His relationship with you. Do not make treaties of any kind with the people living in the land. They are spiritual prostitutes, committing adultery against me by sacrificing to their gods. If you make peace with them, they will invite you to go with them to worship their gods, and you are likely to do it and you will accept their daughters who worship other gods as wives for your sons. Then they will cause your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must make no gods for yourselves at all. Be sure to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days, just as I instructed you at the appointed time each year in early spring, for that was when you left Egypt. Every firstborn male belongs to me of both cattle and sheep, a firstborn male donkey may be redeemed from the Lord by presenting a lamb in its place. But if you decide not to make the exchange, you must kill the donkey by breaking its neck. However, you must redeem every firstborn son. No one is allowed to appear before me without a gift. Six days are set aside for work. But on the Sabbath day, you must rest, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. And you must remember to celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year all the men of Israel must appear before the Sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. No one will attack and conquer your land when you go to appear before the Lord your God those three times each year. I will drive out the nations that stand in your way and will enlarge your boundaries. You must not offer bread made with yeast as a sacrifice to me, and none of the meat of the Passover lamb may be kept over until the following morning. You must bring the best of the first of each year's crop to the house of the Lord, your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of my covenant with you and with Israel. Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord forty days and forty nights. In all that time he neither ate nor drank. At that time he wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. When Moses came down the mountain carrying the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face glowed because he had spoken to the Lord face to face. 
And when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them and asked Aaron and the community leaders to come over and talk with him. Then all the people came, and Moses gave them the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he removed the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people would see his face aglow. Afterward, he would put the veil on again until he returned to speak with the Lord. Exodus 35 Now Moses called a meeting of the people and told them, You must obey these instructions from the Lord. Each week work for six days only. The seventh day is a day of total rest, a holy day that belongs to the Lord. Anyone who works on that day will die. Do not even light fires in your homes on that day. Then Moses said to all the people, This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is invited to bring these offerings to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lambs, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other stones to be set in the ephod and the chest piece. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded, the entire tabernacle, including the sacred tent and its coverings, the clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the ark and its poles, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, the inner curtain to enclose the ark in the most holy place, the table, its carrying poles, and all of its utensils, the bread of the presence, the lampstand and its accessories, the lamp cups and the oil for lighting, the incense altar and its carrying poles, the anointing oil and fragrant incense, the curtain for the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the large wash basin with its pedestal, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and courtyard and their cords, the beautifully stitched clothing for the priest to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron and his sons to wear while officiating as priests. So all the people left Moses and went to their tents to prepare their gifts. If their hearts were stirred and they desired to do so, they brought to the Lord their offerings of materials for the tabernacle and its furnishings and for the holy garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. Some brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, medallions, earrings, rings from their fingers, and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind to the Lord. Others brought blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen, or goat hair for cloth. Some gave tanned ram skins or fine goatskin leather. Others brought silver and bronze objects as their offering to the Lord, and those who had acacia wood brought it. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen cloth, and they brought them in. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin and weave the goat hair into cloth. The leaders brought onyx stones and the other gemstones to be used for the ephod and the chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who wanted to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their offerings to the Lord. End of reading, Exodus 32, 1 through 35, 29. God, you know where I've been. You were there with me then. You were faithful before. You'll be faithful again. You're listening to God's Talk Show, The Bible Live.
That's what the people said to God. We're going to follow you, obey you. You are our God. Moses had already delivered to them the Ten Commandments, which specifically said, I am the God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for other gods. We often ask ourselves as we read the Old Testament in particular, how could these people do that? How could they turn right around after having seen what they have seen, after having experienced what they have experienced of God's presence and God's power, these awesome signs of God's power and his love and his commitment to them in bringing them out of Egypt. Time has passed, but it seems early, fairly early in the process. Not enough time to have forgotten entirely God's mercy and grace toward them. Remember that he gave them water. He was bringing them manna in the wilderness. And now we find Moses has been up on the uh, mountain 40 days, 40 nights. And suddenly they say, where is this Moses? They begin to doubt. Make us gods who can lead us. What does that mean? Are they impatient, frustrated at waiting there below the mountain? God had demonstrated that he was with them, and he had demonstrated that Moses was indeed his selected leader for them. And they said, make us gods who can lead us. What in the world could that possibly mean? This may have been an influential number, at least enough that would have been a threat to Aaron. They were loud enough and direct enough that they intimidated Aaron who is more desirous of the people's approval than he is of God's approval. So Aaron came up with a big fat zero on this test of his leadership. It wasn't that these people were irreligious. They didn't attack God head on. They said, no, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. And then Aaron said, tomorrow we'll have a festival to the Lord. And you'll find that those people who are attacking our nation today, the movement of liberalism and godlessness that has taken this nation and moving us away from God, often they try to mix it. They want to sound religious. They want to sound theological and biblical. And yet their minds are not in tune with the truth of the Bible. There is so much in this reading tonight, as there always is in our readings as we go through the scriptures. I do want to encourage you as you listen to the Bible live to uh, team up with us, join with us, partner with us in helping to share God's word. So if you'd like to send a gift to the Bible live, we hope that you'll listen now and learn how to do that and join with us in this great, great endeavor. I'll talk to you next time, folks, on The Bible Live. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations and materials purchases at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 
Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 